Strap one on, it's time to jam. If Hi. you heard the last episode, you know that this just went, the, the, we just finished talking about Midnight in the Switchgrass and just like Thor in the movie Thor threw the podcast mic down and went another. And now we're just going to keep talking because sometimes doing a Willis movie every week doesn't work out and you just got to, you just got to roll with the punches. So we just watched. We did watch a movie every, well. We didn't last week. We just didn't get around to recording. That's true. So we went straight into 16 blocks, 2004, 2005. It must, I think it must have been 05 because it came out when I worked at the, the video store. And this one was another victim of the co-worker with the worst taste in movies I've ever seen to this day. Because I remember every... I know I've talked about her before because when I talked about her, I couldn't remember if I've already talked Shrek. about her. She was the one who everything, if it was even just a comedy was like airplane. That's how she pitched every movie ever. It, j- it didn't have to be a, a parody movie like airplane. It wasn't like she was saying, Oh, scary movie. It's like airplane. Everything. As long as it was a comedy, guess who? With Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher? Oh, it's just like Airplane. Larry the Cable Guy, Health Inspector? Oh, you'll love it. It's just like Airplane. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Comedy isn't that easy to just generalize. And if it wasn't Larry the Cable Cable Guy, Health Inspector, or Christmas with the Cranks, or whatever other awful movie that she loved, she hated it. So she hated 16 Blocks, I remember it was another Bruce Willis casualty. She hated Sin City. And that's fine if you don't like them. But it was just insane how easily. I can't compare these to Airplane. Shit. Like a lot like Love with Ashton Kutcher. That was just like Airplane. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? I would have hated this person. We talked about my disdain for all things comedy. So like. It was bad. We would have gotten along. They were not fun shifts. She, yeah, she was, yeah, she was the Shrek one who, when the DVD player broke and we couldn't play the promo thing, she would just play Shrek on VHS on repeat day in and day out. So I still remember there's the karaoke in the swamp jam. It's like, oh, fuck. Cause it came on after the credits. She cursed at someone's child once, or actually more than once. She would ask their kids questions. She's probably listening. She would ask, like, she would be interacting with someone's kid and she'd ask them, like, oh, and you're going to get your homework done before you watch the movie? And they'd be like, yeah. And she'd go, oh, I smell bullshit. And I was like, I don't think okay, you can I think, do I think that. I'm back on board. I think maybe we would have been friends. It's fine. I don't know. These were pretty young children. Apparently, at least according to the manager, at least one person did come back and say that. I didn't like that. Please tell her not to do that. And as a dad, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> so I do not remember. I, I don't have kids, but I have a young cousin who is frequently around and I do not remember to watch my language. It it's can be good. tough. 
yeah, it can be tough. Thank you, journalism diploma, for really teaching me how to switch cursing on and off. Oh, six. I was wrong twice. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I worked there from 05 to 06. So this was probably near the end of my tenure. Directed by Richard Donner of Goonies and Lethal Weapon fame. This was his last movie. He passed away in, well, actually, he didn't pass away for a while, 2021, but this was his last directed movie. Which is a decent note to go out on. I would say even a good note to go out yeah. on. Thank God, because the movie before it was Timeline, and that's no way to end your legacy. That, what was Timeline? That's that shitty Paul Walker movie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Where yes, they go yes, back okay. to like... Arthurian times. The, just yeah, like the like, for, like France 700 years ago or something. Yeah. It wasn't good. That's all I remember about Timeline. Uh, let's. Look, I don't know actually who the writer is. Let's check it out. Richard Wank. It's an unfortunate name, Dick Wank, but <laughs> he wrote. He's doing all right. Sixteen Blocks was actually one of his first big gigs, and then he did the not very good remake of The Mechanic. But he did like Expendables Two, The Equalizer, Magnificent Seven. The not very good Jack Reacher sequel, Equalizer 2. He's doing the next Equalizer. So he's got some stuff. He's still in the game. Mm. And uh, Bruce Bruce Willis is in it. He is. He's a cop. He is. But he's but a bad a cop. cop. Yeah. yeah. He's a fuck up cop. A known fuck up cop. Yeah. He's kind of lazy. He's a drunk. Yeah. He's very. Really love his job. Very upfront that like he doesn't really care. Everyone just kind of accepts like, oh, there, what's his name? Jack Mosley. Jack Mosley. That's classic Mosley. Yeah. Which I think is actually a How I Met Your Mother thing. Mosby is How I Met Your Mother. Never mind. Yeah, close enough. So he is given a kind of thankless, nobody else wants to do this job where he has to take a witness played by most deaf from his jail cell to the courthouse. Like, oh, quick in and out, take a half hour. You got to go 16 blocks to the courthouse. And then he looks at the camera and winks and we go, oh shit, I don't think that's going to be an easy journey. And it's not, because it turns out most Def is going to snitch out a bunch of of dirty cops. And those dirty cops don't like that. And chaos ensues, kind of. It's called kind of. It's pretty chaotic. Chaos does ensue, but it's far less of an action movie than I remember, which I'm not saying is a detriment. I saw when we were looking at the reviews, either before or after we watched it, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, this should have been Die Hard 5. This should have been Die Hard 5. And I can see that. I think you could take Jack Mosley or Mosby Mosley. Jack Mosley, switch that to John McClane and not lose a whole lot, kind of make it, you know. A redemption story for him. We've established that I cannot comment here. So yeah, I'm not gonna say too much about that. It's gonna be fascinating when we have this when the second podcast has to do I've done has all the diehard movies in it. But I I could I could see that. It's not too hard to make that switch, but I feel like people might not have accepted a more internalized sad diehard to close out the series. 
it's kind of too bad. I always, I saw one time someone say they need to do one more die hard, bring back everybody, call it old habits, die hard, and then call it. I was like, that's fucking perfect. <laughs> like what? Like, right. You make a 15 year yeah. removed final die hard and call it old habits, die hard. People would be like, oh, and roll their eyes. But also we'd all accept that's perfect. Or we could just accept that a day to die is a great title for it. I guess maybe that is the sixth diehard. We'll see. Um, I guess that's it for the plot, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, without, you know, going too in in depth, but it's a good plot. It, it is a good plot. Super engaged. Yeah, the first scene where Bruce's colleagues kind of confront him and Mostef and say, "Here's the situation. This is your out." We know that you know you're you're prone to take the easy way out there, Mosley. So just look the other way. Well, we shoot him in the head. That whole scene is so good. Yeah. It's super tense. Like super tense. Bruce is fucking giving it. Acting wise, this is kind of a, you know, a meteor character for him to play. He's not yeah. heroic. Like no. he's like John McClane, slight spoilers, does spend a good two of the movies like hungover and with a headache. And he's like that here. But whereas Die Hard is played for last here, it's just played because it's sad. Like this guy is such a fuck up. Yeah, he's total burnout. Like he's got a limp. He's not in shape. He's a drunk. Like. So there's more going on here. So when he flips that switch and decides I'm going to do the right thing, it doesn't then become a movie where all of a sudden he's this hyper capable badass who's just taken like they spend most of the movie running away and hiding. And I like that. I think that works well. It fits the situation. It's interesting to see Bruce Willis kind of play the not really the coward, but kind of. Yeah, like he's not like he's not super courageous, but like he's doing the right thing, but like he is still the same person. So, you know, he's not going to get into like a, a gunfire standoff. And but he makes smart choices, I think, which is interesting. Like, you know, we get this whole backstory of him as like the fuck up who doesn't want to do anything, who just wants to take like the easy route. And it, it's like, but you can see that like, probably at the beginning of his career he was quite successful and he was smart and resourceful and like he's kind of tapping into that and it's interesting yeah he's an interesting character yeah the situations that they find themselves in don't call for well looks like we got to shoot our way out it calls for like there's a whole extended bit where they're trapped on a bus and they have all these people on the bus with them and there's snipers and everyone outside And it's like, what the fuck do we do? And it's far more interesting to watch a movie where. I know, okay, every movie has its place, so I won't say it's far more interesting, but I think based on what we're coming off of, it was interesting to see the movie where they can't just go, okay, do you know how to use a gun? We're going to cover me. We're going to get out of this. They know they have to be smart and think about it and figure out a way to get out of the situation. And that's. Only disappointing at the end, which we might have to spoil (laughs) the way he really gets out of the situation and, you know, gets the bad guy was kind of 
coming off of a certain movie on the So Do We Still Like This podcast, a little jarring. Yeah, I guess I didn't consider that, but yeah. Can I just say it? I'm just going to yeah, say it. Say so it. if you don't want any any aspect of 16 blocks spoil, please go now. But, but also it's been 16 years you've had your opportunity. Oh, shit. Weirdly perfect. Uh, Bruce tapes the bad guy confessing to bad things on a tape recorder and then plays it. And we just did Swim Fan September on So We Still Like This. So doing another movie where in the end, oh, shit, the, he swim fandom which is what I'm going to refer to that trope for as for the rest of my life. Whenever anyone gets someone on camera confessing, yeah, I did it. Oh, yeah. Swim fandom. Yeah, you got Jesse Bradford did. Except at least in this, in Swim Fan, it's barely a confession. At least in this, he basically says, yeah, I did that thing. And I did that thing for these reasons. It's like, okay, that's perfect. Couldn't have asked for a better piece of evidence. But that was kind of disappointing for the same reason I said it was disappointing on swim fam or it just seems, it does kind of seem like the easy out. Yeah. Like all of this. Oh, I got to think and I got to be on my feet. How are we going to get him? I was like, I'll put a tape recorder in my pocket and hope he says all the things we need him to say. Oh, he did. Thank God. Otherwise this would have really sucked. And Bruce Willis definitely would have gotten shot. And it's good because we talked about on the Midnight in the Switchgrass episode, how there's no character arc for anyone and any everyone ends up exactly where they started. There's a really good character arc here for there Jack. <laughs> like, for most death. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Eddie? Eddie that Bunker? sounds right. Yeah. Like, he has a great character arc. Like, he's a petty thief. Like, he's been in and out of jail. And, like, it's questionable, like what crimes he actually committed versus like what he was just kind of in the wrong place, wrong time. Like, you know, he was previously in jail because like he took the gun from someone and that put him in prison. Cause anyways, like that's how they, they found out that he had this information on the dirty cop. But anyways, well, isn't it the this... cops, isn't it the cops are going to kill like an innocent guy. And then he yeah. comes over and pulls one of the cops guns on or pulls a gun on the cops. I yeah. Think and that or... was, I, yeah there's something with like a gun that was left with like 10 grand or 32 grand and he did 31 for like his new dream which is like he wants to open a bakery which is just such a cute criminal character arc i loved he, it he just wants to make birthday cakes yeah he's got like a book that he carries around with him and it's just filled with recipes and like that's all it like he's just he's moving to seattle where he just found out he has a half sister that you know he's going to connect with and open his bakery and like you find out at the end that he does that and it's just he sends jack a birthday cake he does when jack gets out of prison for being a dirty cop yeah for spoilers which he got two years he, he, in prison well because he rolled on everybody yeah. so i assume that's the plea deal but yeah we do find out that i was one of the cops that was there doing the bad thing yeah i should want to stop you because you're gonna go and testify against me but i'm a shit dude so yeah. let's let's get this done so the whole theme of the movie is, can people change? Bruce Willis says, no, people can't. And Eddie's very much like, look at me. I'm going to change. Fuck you. He doesn't say fuck you. He's a super nice dude. But his yeah. whole thing is kind of, how dare you? Like, I'm going to turn things around. Like, you just watch. And His voice gets to be a lot at times. Um... Yeah. The, most Def is has crafted a character for sure. And I do remember that being a sticking point for people. I'm not going to do the voice. 
but it is definitely a, a, a character decision that at first you think, Oh, um, hmm. but yeah. he got me <laughs> by the, by the mid movie. I was like, God damn it. I hope this guy, I hope this guy gets in and gets this done. Yeah. I was rooting for him. Like it, I don't know. It was, it was good. I think I mentioned when we were watching it, like <laughs> at one point, Bruce Willis says, cover your ears and your eyes. Cause like there's a flash bomb or whatever that gets thrown into the bus and I covered my ears because I'm like I am invested here like he is talking to me I need to cover my ears immediately I'm like no well that's stupid but clearly I'm into it so yeah it's a very fast-paced movie it's like a pretty lean I think like 100 minutes yeah he's with most deaf like the scene with him and all the cops is 20-25 minutes into the movie and from that point there's not really any time to like when they're having these back and forth about changing it's while they're, you know, ducking through an alley to get away from people or hiding on the, on the hiding. Yeah. Like oh, they're always on the run. So character development is delivered in a way that feels authentic versus I know we're in a bad spot, but we need to sit, have a conversation about our tragic back stories for a little bit. It felt oh, organic. Yeah. And it's like that nice slow reveal that makes you like really invested. Like I think had we known at the beginning that Bruce was the crooked cop, like it would have totally changed the tone, but like getting that slow reveal of like, he is making an effort to change, like in this really shitty situation where he could have easily just, you know, continued on his merry way. I don't know. It's uh, it got me. I enjoyed this one. And the way it is, del- like, we don't see the flashback and then have, you know, the cop, one of the cops turn around and we go, oh, fuck, that's Bruce Willis. Like, I like that it's him that owns up to it. Yeah. And says, I did that. I, I, I don't feel good about it, but I'm a fucking train wreck of a, of a person. Is and it's much more impactful than just having that, like... I could see a lot of maybe the directed DVD stuff going the route of you see the flashback, you see the flash, a different part of the flashback, you see a different part of the flashback. And then eventually, oh shit, there he it's is. It's the reveal. Yeah. There is no real like reveal. It's just Bruce opening up as a character. And like, I, I liked too that, you know, they established at the beginning that he's got like 118 minutes or something to get there so like the movie is basically happening like in real time more or less and like it was a good choice because yeah there it, it's lean it never feels like it's getting bogged down like it's just it's just good yeah the, I, the, know, I really the, enjoyed it the fat is trimmed off of it because the premise like you just said is extremely straightforward the goal is easy to understand there's no weird MacGuffin. We need to get this document. It's everyone's trying to get this document and do this and this. It's just, you need to get that guy to this place in this amount of time. Go. So we know what the state, what is going on? <laughs> My mom just brought me a sandwich with the dog. Oh, sorry. Well, that's cool. Well, brought me a sandwich. Sorry. You know I'm not cutting any of that, right? No, that's fine. It's not um, true to life. It's not 16 yeah, blocks doesn't Goodbye. cut. 16 blocks happens in real time, and so does this goddamn <laughs> podcast. Okay. The dog is gone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much more there is to say. 
really. No, I think we I think we've kind of covered it off. Like it's it's I just think- it's a good lean, not gonna blow your mind, but like if you haven't seen this one yet or it's been a while, like check it out. Don't go in expecting, you know the raid level you got to get from here to here and you're going to have to fight every step of the way. It's not that movie. And I actually did have to adjust that expectation at a certain point when I realized, Oh, this isn't going to be a big set piece driven car chase. No, it's not that, but I liked what we got though. Yeah, me too. Like it's much more character driven. The bits that we get are more focused on suspense than action. Uh, Fucking what's his name? David Morse. Is a good. He's got the good villain thing going as the corrupt cop. Who's always chewing gum. Which apparently was a character decision he made, which makes you hate him so much more. Yeah, it's so fucking obnoxious. I'm like, yeah, of course you're crooked. You you chew gum all the time. Like There's no one good chews that much gum. Nothing to get you to turn against a character quicker than. There's uh, the guy from Dexter. Oh yeah, he's one forgot. of the bad guys. He's not in it a whole lot, but. No, he gets killed at the end. Here's some hot trivia. Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis put a pebble in his shoe so he, he to, to get the limp. That's called <laughs> fucking <laughs> acting right there. Okay, I love that. You, they were like, okay, so you got to pretend to have a limp. And he went, I don't do that. Give me a rock. And Jack was born. Uh, that would have been really uncomfortable because they walked a lot in that movie. They sure did. Uh, not a whole lot else in the old IMDb trivia, to be honest. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, 16 blocks. See it. It's good. Might yeah. even be better than I remember. I, I think of the ones that, like the older stuff that we've watched so far that I haven't seen before. This is probably my favorite. Actually, no. Well, Death Becomes Her, really? Yeah, I was going to say second favorite because, yeah, I did really enjoy Death Becomes Her. Yeah, because I guess Unbreakable and Looper you'd already seen. Yeah, I'd already seen those. They're still at the top. I think Looper is still my top, but. Yeah, it trumps fucking the Siege and Hudson Hawk and Hostage for sure. So absolutely like easily. No question. But will it top what's next? Probably not, because you're going to spin north. I fucking know you are. You, you say that every week, though. We have Because eventually it it'll be right. And that then I'll be true. like, oh, I knew it. As though I don't just roll, you know, I'm not just playing the odds. It. Uh, do we want to talk box office first, though? Oh, yes. Damn it. I forgot. All right. When did this movie open? I predict that it did okay. Um, I feel like when did Be Kind Rewind come out? That was later. It was like, later because I definitely later, right? worked at the theater. So that was probably 08. I think it was, it was because in 2008, I did that stupid thing where I decided I was going to watch and review every theatrically released movie. <laughs> and that was part of it. So yeah, it's 2008. Yeah. March 3rd, 2006. And I know I'm supposed to hit people with a bunch of hot 16 blocks trivia. I couldn't find much. Bruce Willis wanted Ludacris to play the part the most F got. I don't probably that would have been, been a f- choice. I don't know that it would have. I like most F, so. Yeah, agreed. He's made some questionable personal decisions, apparently. I found when I was looking. 
up what he's been up to recently, but such as uh, he's banned from most of Europe and South Africa for overstaying visas and owing child support. Okay, not great. No, uh, particularly that second thing. Yeah. All right, here we go. The box office charts for the week's sixteen blocks opened. It opened in second beneath Medea's Family Reunion in its second week. How the fuck was that ever a number one? Oh, you don't remember? The, oh, man, the Medea movies made fucking I don't bank. remember them being. I, oh, I remember shit, them being Sam. like a niche, like cult thing. I don't no. remember them being like successful. No, the Medea movies made fucking money around this time, particularly. Man, this is such a trip down the time I worked at the video store. Uh, in third place, Eight Below, which was the movie that had the esteemed title at our video store of never being available. We did not get enough copies, and for about four months, couldn't keep that thing on the shelf. That was if the you, Paul Walker Husky one? Yeah. If you don't like crying till you're dehydrated, do not watch Eight Below. Okay, that's good to know. I'm guessing sad things happen with the with the dogs. Do you? I don't know. I'm not even going to say it. It's it's a really sad movie. And yes, okay. bad things happen to huskies. Arguably the it? best dog breed. I don't know really like that. I remember it being very good, but it's really fucking sad. Dogs get hurt. Dogs movie. die. It is, and I will never forget when, uh, before it came out, I got it from the store, and I watched it, and then my mom was like, should I watch it? And I went, yeah, it's good, but, like, get ready. And I walked out later when she was watching it, and she was just bawling. And she was like, how could they say this is a movie for children? It's like, I don't know. (laughs) They shouldn't say that. Okay, so, I'm going to keep that in mind for next time. I need like just like a really good sob. It, that it will provide, believe me. Uh, and then in fourth, Ultraviolet, a shitty Mila Jovovich movie. And then Aquamarine, hmm. at that bathtub mermaid movie. Yep. Then the remake of The Pink Panther, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, date movie. Curious George and like the Harrison Ford equivalent to Hostage, just sort of the most generic mid 2000s thriller ever, Firewall. Every movie had made like 40 something million dollars. It's weird. So let's go to the next week when, oh shit, the shaggy dog's here to fuck your shit up. Not really, though. It opened in second below failure to launch. And then the Bad remake movie. of The Hills Have Eyes, which is quite good. And then 16 Blocks drops all the way to number four. That's a so it's at 22 million. Next week, we got a good one. V for Vendetta opens at number one. And then the rest kind of looks the same. Failure to launch the shaggy dog. She's the man, which we recently revisited and is pretty good. Hills Have Eyes, 16 Blocks goes down to number two, to, goes down two more to number six. Aquamarine is almost out of the top 10. Sorry, Sam. As you know, it's my all-time favorite movie. So it's one of my disappointing. It's in my top five mermaids in bathtub movies. Then followed up that next week, we have Inside Man at number one, then V for Vendetta, then Stay Alive. Do you remember that one? Killer video game 
with Frankie Muniz is in it. No, I yeah. don't think I saw that. Motherfucker, we gotta do Stay Alive on on So Do We Still Like This. That's right in line with they and just weird. Like, why? Why are Fine. you doing this? Fine. Uh, and then failure to launch the shaggy dog. She's the man. And then at seventh, another newcomer, spiritual successor to airplane, Larry, the cable guy, colon health inspector. <laughs> then the hills have eyes eight below and hang it on for at least one more week. 16 blocks in 10th. It did make double the money of aquamarine at least. Though it did not outgross the shaggy dog. And after that, it's all over because then Ice Age, the meltdown makes $68 million and kicks everyone down. Poor Slither opened an eighth. I forgot about that. God, did it ever deserve better. And 16 blocks is long gone. 16 blocks is now in. Oh my God, where is it? 15th. Hmm. So it's final gross about $35 million. So I'm going to guess it underperformed, which is too bad. I'm now Y'all, curious as to whether Slither makes like come back like from behind. But no. I'm guessing it doesn't. It probably lasted one week and then no, it, it goes from eighth to like 13th. Yeah, no, it deserved better than that. And it even went up one theater the next week. So yeah. Yeah. Poor Slither made less than like one fourth of what fucking stay alive made. 2006 moviegoers are fucking idiots. Let's go see the Shaggy Dog and make sure the Shaggy what the Dog fuck is the Shaggy Dog. It's a I don't Tim remember Tim Allen that. movie where he's a lawyer and he becomes oh. a dog. Let's make sure that makes fifty-five million dollars. Let's make sure fucking Basic Instinct Two makes about the same amount of money as Slither. Shaggy Dog has one point seven on the box. Bad. It was definitely one of those. Please try and watch all of the big new releases. And I went, oh god damn it! Seriously, you're gonna make. Actually, no, because by this point, the stuff that was coming out on DVD, I probably had quit. So I didn't have to see too many of these ones. Because I don't remember having to watch the shaggy dog of your own volition is what I'm hearing. I might have, which makes even less sense because I'm looking at this list. And yeah, I think this was around the time like 16 blocks must have been right when I left. So, yeah. Anyway, go ahead and spin north so we can just get that done. Okay. Oh, it's even better. Beavis and Butthead? Look who's talking. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck you. Why would you go and do some bullshit like that? That is worse. I forgot it was on the wheel. God, damn it, so did I. And we have three of those fucking things. Actually, I think just, I think only two, because I don't think Bruce Willis came back for the one with the dogs. (sighs) Look, who's, is this maybe some like unrecognized classic? No, I don't think it is. It's got a 5.9 on IMDb. Oh God, I, I hate the idea of this movie. Bruce Willis voicing a baby? I don't know, sounds pretty hilarious. I hate everything about it. Sounds pretty hilarious. It's back when movies had ridiculously long taglines. Are you ready? Yep. This this is the tagline for Look Who's Talking. He's hip, he's slick, and he's only three months old. You'd think I'm done, 
but I'm not. He's got John Travolta's smile, Kirstie Alley's eyes, and the voice of Bruce Willis. You'd think I'm done now. (laughs) Now, all he has to do is find himself the perfect daddy. Look who's talking. (sighs) But. Oh, Oh, whatever. Amy Hackerling wrote and directed that movie. I don't know who she is, but I hate her. Oh, Clueless. She, Clueless. And what is fast, wrong with her? And Fast well, Times at did, Richmond High. She also did Loser, though. So she's she did also do books. Loser. As we know, I fucking hate Jason Biggs. He ruins my day. At least we know he's probably not going to show up in any of these movies. Fuck, I should check just to be sure. <laughs> no, I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, but the, the cigarette man is, is in it. Smoking man. So there you go. It's going to be good. He's the drug doctor, so I don't think he's got a very big role. I assume it's on Disney Plus, the first one of these. Because fucking, I'm not going out and <sighs> buying this movie, so it better be on Disney Plus. I'm going to, I'm, I'm being totally like transparent here. I'm going to download it because I'm not spending $5 to rent this. I refuse. Oh, yeah. You don't have Disney Plus. I do have Disney Plus. It's not on Disney Plus. It's on CTV with ads. Oh, then I'll probably just. No, we can't do that if we're going to sync this up. No, exactly. Fuck me. How are you not on Disney Plus? I thought you were a Fox movie. Look who's talking. Are you not a Fox movie? You son of a bitch. What are you? TriStar Pictures. No, you're not. You son of a bitch. Look who's talking. Oh, God. Well, you know what? It's Tuesday. It's when sales start on the Xbox store. Maybe I'll get lucky. I don't love your odds. All right. Well, look who's talking is next. I guess we're watching that tomorrow. I don't want to, Sean. Maybe it's short. You know what? It's 93 minutes. Okay. Like 92 minutes too long for me. Okay. I was like, it's either going to be a lean 90 or a weird 123. So at least we went with that. Hey, if it makes you feel better, eventually there's a second one. No, that does not make me feel better. The only thing that makes me feel better is that we're not replacing titles on the wheel, so it won't come up for a while yet. So stay tuned for Look Who's Talking. And until then, thank you for listening. Thank you to Sam for joining (laughs) in one of those moments where I know you regret it. And uh, keep, keep hunting keep enjoying those willises but probably not look who's talking i bet I'll, i used to love look who's talking everyone used to love look who's talking they I made a even second as a one kid i didn't like it they made two more they didn't just like... they didn't just make sequels in the 90s for no reason sam they they, absolutely... they only made problem child 2 because we all loved problem child so much i really dislike kirstie alley that's okay. Everybody does. Yeah, she's awful. She's we didn't know we we didn't know yet at that point. So maybe we can take some solace in that. But all right, bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>